listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. One of the best in our business is Ross Tucker, the former NFL offensive lineman. Be sure to check out the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. You hear him on Westwood One. He joined us on behalf of BallCannon.com, which we'll address in a moment. Ross, thanks for taking the time. I'm sure you watched the combine coverage over the weekend. We're all guessing, but you have an informed opinion. Which of the college quarterbacks do you like the most heading to the pros? Yeah, I've said the the entire time I'm a Sam Darnold guy um, for a bunch of different reasons, and I I'll be the first one to tell you, Brian, I'm not like a quarterback guru. You know, I don't, I don't watch their feet and say things like you know his his footwork is perfectly matched up with his routes, and you know I I don't dive into that. Um, I I go a lot by what I see in big games as well as how they conduct themselves. That matters to me. You know, I, I always try to put myself in the shoes of, like, let's pretend like I was a GM. You know, you draft one of these guys, top five, top ten, you know, that's your life. That's your livelihood. If, if that kid has success, you're going to get a big extension. You're going to make a ton of money for your family as a GM. If that kid's a bust, you're done. You're, you're going to get fired. So I always look at it and think, you know, whether it's Baker Mayfield or Josh Rosen, some of the things that they've said that they've done, that's hard for me to get comfortable with. You know, I look at the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL, uh, the Drew Brees and Brady and, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson and Carson Wentz and those guys, and I, I don't see them acting or doing some of the things that Baker Mayfield and Josh Rosen have done. And I don't think they're bad kids. I don't think they're bad people. I don't think they're going to be necessarily a problem in the NFL. I just, I just don't see a lot of examples of guys that act like them that are top 10, top 15 quarterbacks in the NFL in the world. I, I think Sam Darnold, you know, goes about his business more the way that I'd like to see a franchise quarterback go about it. You know, am I concerned a little bit about some of the turnovers? Yeah, probably more the fumbles than the interceptions for Darnold. But I also saw him play some unbelievable games, that Rose Bowl against Penn State, uh, uh, under adverse circumstances this year with the O-line issues and losing Juju Smith-Schuster and others. I just, I'm a Darnold guy for all of the above reasons. You mentioned the offensive line, you also being one yourself. Um, when you think about the Cleveland Browns and what they need, uh, we know quarterback has been a topic of conversation for that organization for years, but if you had to start your offense off and you knew you had an offensive line there, would you want to grab someone like a Saquon Barkley to work the inside as far as working downhill and then become passive-aggressive by going to the pass game? Or would you just want to go straight to the pass game and bring in someone like a, a Sam Darnold or even a Josh Allen or a Josh Rosen? Yeah, so, I mean, I live in central Pennsylvania. I, I watch every snap that Penn State plays because I do some local media stuff for Penn State. And the guy's unbelievable. I mean, I, I'm not saying anything you guys don't already know. He's he, he might be the most impressive physical specimen that I can ever remember. I mean, so, you know, th- there are plays where guys had the angle on him, and he just embarrassed them. I mean, he, he is really, really impressive. That said, the quarterback position is just so much more important, which is why, you know, I, I hear these people say, take Barkley at one and then a quarterback at four. 
I don't care if you've got guys rated pretty closely, right? Let's say you have Darnold as a 6.7 and Rosen's a 6.6 on your grading scale. You still like Darnold more. I mean, you, you still, deep down on the grade and deep down in your gut, you like him more. You feel better about him. I don't know how you don't take that guy. It's by far the most important position. I don't know how you risk not getting that guy. Now, if you can trade up from four to two with the Giants and get Barkley and the quarterback you want, now maybe we're having a different conversation. But I don't understand the logic that you take Barkley at one and then hope your quarterback's still there at four, or you know, you're comfortable with more than one quarterback. I just have conviction. Have a guy that you really like at the position and take that guy and hope that maybe Barkley's still there at four if you'd like to get him. Or there's a lot of other good running backs. Sonny Michelle and Nick Chubb and, and Darius Geis. I mean, if you want a running back, you can still get him with all those second-round picks. There. They'd be able to get a stud running back with one of those picks at the top of the second round. Chatting with a good friend of the program, Ross Tucker, the former NFL offensive lineman who joins us on behalf of BallCannon.com. Ross, as you know, Steelers are using the franchise tag on Le'Veon Bell for the second consecutive year. Since the tag only helps a handful of players, as a former player, would you like to see the Players Association try to get rid of it in the next CBA? Because it's a clear impediment to true free agency. Yeah, well, and I would tell you what I would want them to get rid of even before that, Brian, and that's compensatory picks. Are you kidding me? What, who, who invented compensatory picks? Why should a team be rewarded for not re-signing one of their own guys? You know, some of these teams, when they're deciding whether or not to sign a guy or not, they're like, yeah, we like him, but at that price, plus if we let him go, we'll get a third-round compensatory pick. That's a joke to me. I, I actually think that the compensatory picks are more of an impediment to the, the, the guys getting as much money as they should than the tag. I don't like the tag. I mean, there's no other aspect of life where you have a tag like that. I will say, though, um, for certain guys, uh, the dollar amount and the way they build the long-term contracts off of the tag, it's not as bad as people used to think it was. You, know, you think about what Kirk Cousins done. I mean, Lady on Bell last year, because the tag is now averaged over the previous five years, he got – million last year. The highest paid running back in the NFL was LaShawn McCoy at $8 million a year. And now Devontae Freeman's getting 8.25. So last year, Le'Veon got 50% more than any other running back in the NFL. This year, he'll get 14.5. I personally think he made a very poor business decision by not taking what they offered him last year. And what they offered him last year was $30.5 million in the first two years, which means even after this year, if he hits free agency, he's $3.5, $4 million in the hole of what the Steelers were offering him. And I think they were offering him like somewhere between 12 and $14 million a year. He is really stuck on trying to send a message about the running back position and trying to get $16 million a year, I think he's sadly mistaken. I mean, I think that the Steelers will let him play on the tag this year. They'll probably give him 400-plus touches again, run him into the ground, which, by the way, is what I would do if I were the team. It's a cold, hard, unsentimental business, as Cordell knows. And then I'd let him go for agency. 
he's not going to get sixteen million a year after another year with four hundred touches. We're talking about a guy that I don't know that he's ever played a season where he's played every game. You know, he had one regular season where he played every game, but then he, didn't, he missed the playoffs with that hyperextended knee. He's also already been suspended twice. Who out there is next offseason and say, you know what I want? A guy that's just had over 800 touches the last two years that has been suspended twice, hurt every single year. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pay him double of any other running back in the NFL. I mean, it's crazy. His agent, my understanding is, told him to take the deal, and he said no. And I, you know, look, it's his, it's his life. More power to him. He's still getting twenty-six million dollars for these two years, so it's not like he's doing bad financially. It's just not a smart business move. Give me your take on Kirk Cousins and and how she how he should get paid because Alex Smith he got his seventy million guaranteed because of a trade. We know JJ uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, excuse me, end up getting his big contract via trade. But when you're a free agent, that money becomes hard instantly, meaning that it has no leverage one way or another uh, other than going downward because now it may interfere with the cap. Give me your take on Kirk Cousins. Well, I mean. Cordell, if Jimmy Garoppolo is getting $27.5 million a year based on seven starts, I don't know how Cousins doesn't get at least 30 based on what he's done the last three years. Now, I think that there's some excitement that maybe Garoppolo becomes a better player than Cousins based on how he played at the end of last year. I don't, I don't understand, like if you're the Cleveland Browns, if you don't love one of these quarterbacks, I don't know how you don't offer Kirk Cousins thirty to thirty-five million dollars a year. I know that sounds crazy. You look at they have a hundred million dollars in cap space. I mean, he immediately would make them a five hundred team, and then you could use the first pick on Barkley, the fourth pick on another stud at a different position, and now you're really doing something. I don't think Cousins wants to go there, and I think the Browns bailed because I think the Browns knew because of how bad they've been, that they would have to overpay so much in order to get him to go there that they were like, no, we're not doing that. That's not worth it. We got the number one pick. We'll get a quarterback. But these other teams, I think the guy would be well, well worth it. I mean, to get a top 12 quarterback in the NFL in his prime without having to trade, you know, some team just offered a second-round pick for Nick Foles. You know, without having to to trade anything – to get Cousins, uh, I would I would definitely, if you're Jimmy Haslam, I don't know how you don't give him $30 million a year at a minimum. I'll be curious to see. It sounds like everybody thinks he's going to end up going to the Vikings. It sounds like the Vikings and the Broncos are the two teams he's most interested in because he wants to win. He thinks those two teams can win. We'll see. That kind of bums me out, to be honest with you guys. I, I want him to just go for the most money, period. I just want to know what a top-12 quarterback can actually get on the open market in free agency. I wish Cousins would just say, look, I'm just going to go straight money. Whatever gives me the most, that's where I'm going. If, 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 if I could choose, that's what I would choose for him because I just want to see how much he gets. I want to see how high he can go. Great cash, homie. Ross, let's wrap it up with ballcannon.com. What will our listeners experience when they check out the website? Well, so I've talked to you guys about this before. It's like a jug machine that you can actually have for your kids in your backyard or your driveway. You can change the launch angle for like a punt or a line drive. You can change the speed. 
you know, when I'm with teenagers, I crank it up. When I'm with my six-year-old and four-year-old, I crank it way down. There's a delay feature so you can even launch the footballs to yourself, which is amazing. Not even a juggling machine has that. So what I tell people is if you've got a son between five and 15, I promise you this is the best gift you will give them in a long, long time, and they'll play with it for years. They'll love it, and all the neighbors will come over and play with it, and they'll actually get them off their phone and social media and video games. Allcannon.com. Ross, great information as always. We appreciate the insights. Thanks for joining us again today on the NFL on TuneIn. Absolutely. Always, guys. Great talking with you guys. See ya. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.